0: Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in.
1: Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis, and I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Judy Stewart. Judy, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Really blessed. Yeah, it is so good to have you at the table. Thank you. And to see you face to face. It's been Without a mask. way long. <laughs> yeah. It's been yeah. too long. Yeah. Um, well, we're just going to start out today. Um, we want to know what kind of ice cream you're bringing
2: today. Lemon crunch. So what's the crunch? I don't really know what it is, but it's truly a crunch, and it's really small. When you get it at the Weir's Cave Farmers Market, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but the lemon—I'm love lemon—and the lemon lemon flavor just bites at you, and then the crunch thing just takes that away. Oh, <laughs> well, Pastor
1: Margaret will have to try it. Cause she likes crunch.
2: That's oh, right. You I like a crunch of <laughs> ice cream. Okay. Grayson likes vanilla. <laughs> Love no crunch. Me. Oh, you know it, too. It was something in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, well, it's always just interesting to hear. Uh, we all have the different flavors, yeah. and we're finding out about some different ice cream places um, yeah. by doing this. Anyway, we usually start out asking you um, kind of where you grew up, but today I think we're going to start a little bit different because I think you have some scripture that is really precious to you, and we'll just get grounded in the
2: Word before we get to your story. How about that? Okay, that works. All that right. Works. I had never heard about a life verse until I um, heard it here, I think, from Pastor Kerry, and I thought to myself, what would my life verse be if I even had one? And at that time, so I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, when it, however long ago that is, um, that I was thinking that. My life verse came real clear to me, and I uh, actually had bought a Michael Podesta calligraphy piece in Suffolk when I lived there. And that was even years and years and years before I came here. So my relationship with the Lord certainly wasn't as close or intimate or anything as it became. But it says, and I have it up on my wall in my dining room, it's from Job ten twelve, And it says, Thy care has preserved my spirit. Mm. And when I bought that it told me. I mean, that's how I felt. And when I uh, decided about a life verse, that's what came to me because I thought, Lord, I don't even know how in the world I could have gotten here mm. if it wasn't for you. Yeah. I just don't even know how I, I could have. And then after I'd been here for a while and I learned so much about God and, and Christ and relationship with him and uh, his love for me, it changed to First John 3, 1, the first part of that. How great is the love the Father has lavished I love that word. Mm. I can just, you know, we lavish cream, but this is love just lavished on us. Our greatest love the Father lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So praise God. So the last one, I guess, would be kind of where I am at the moment. It's not a new life verse. First John 3, 1 will never change, but it's kind of where I am in my walk. Philippians 1, 6 is being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion mm. until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm. So I know that he's working all the time, and he's working all the time. And and because I tend to be a worry person, to lay things down and give it to him sometimes is really hard. But I need to remember that all the time because he already knows the plans. But anyways.
0: It's just interesting to hear those scriptures and see the depth, just the depth. And as you have been transformed, the trust, you know, I know it's on a deeper level. And God, he gives us life verses, but sometimes he adds another verse that's a little deeper yeah. and I see that not that Job like my goodness Job was
2: the picture of all of the before
0: <laughs> yeah so tell us a little bit okay I Want to hear about your story so like where were you born where'd you grow
2: up I was born in Portsmouth Virginia I lived in Portsmouth Virginia um, when I was a very young little girl and um, because of dysfunction parental dysfunction and financial issues mm-hmm. In addition to the dysfunction um i ended up at the salem baptist children's home Mm -hmm. as a little girl and um i was one of four children i was the second one and my brother who was uh he was my arm my other arm uh he and i went to the salem baptist children's home okay and then my sister and my brother were adopted out so i was without them for a long time and even didn't see my brother that often because we were Six cottages over here and six cottages over here, girls and boys. But anyway, and I um, went to high school for two years in my junior and senior high school. Uh, I went to Inglewood High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Came back to Portsmouth, went to work in the insurance industry. Uh, I just retired a few years ago after 50 years in the insurance industry. It's been good to me. And uh, I got married, lived in Suffolk, which is right outside of Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And then in 1985, came here with him so he could get a job. And of course, we're divorced now. but uh, And I've been in the since 85. So I'd be a valley girl now. Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes, you are. So did you grow up in church? Was that ever a part? I was in the Salem Baptist Children's Home. Mm -hmm. So in the Salem Baptist Children's Home. And I was was a little girl. And they had something uh, in the Baptist called, I don't know if they still do, but called Girls Auxiliary. And so all us girls went to Girls Auxiliary. I don't remember how many times a week it was, but we always went to church and we always went to Sunday school. And we did Girls Auxiliary. And in Girls Auxiliary, we learned about the books of the Bible. That's the one thing I just am so glad of because that's how I learned a little bit about how to navigate in it, and that just makes a difference every day. Mm -hmm. And then we learned to quote scripture. We memorized it. And um, so I was immersed in stuff. I was not Mm -hmm. immersed in relationship. I wasn't immersed in God's love for me. It was work. It was work at that age when you're uh, really working all the time to do that. And my brother and I, we looked like twins at the time, and uh, there were groups that, uh, they took different groups at different times to different churches uh, to promote the Salem Baptist Children's Home. And my brother and I went and we sang songs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and quoted scripture and things like that. But this was all, uh, it, it was not relationship about the Lord or knowing even what Jesus did they were helping you all to survive. Well, survive is on my list of really? things. It was, I went into survival mode really early yeah. in life. Yeah.
0: And it amazes me, like, here you are, I'm sure dealing with identity and, you know, why you're here and, you know, why you were there and didn't have, did you,
2: was that thoughts of, you know, working through that with your parents, you just said the word uh, when you said survival it was uh, I learned at six seven whatever it was and I don't even remember the for I remember the first thing I saw when I went there but I don't remember how old I was but the first thing you do if you're going to go into a building with 30 other people and there are six of those buildings on one side six on the other you have to learn how to survive mm. because people are people yeah. and there are wonderful kind people and there are some people that are dealing with their own stuff and and maybe you have to learn to back away or (laughs) do whatever you have to do so I was just surviving and I my father had had to run away before this he had just literally run away and Mm -hmm. left my mom and four children and that's why I mentioned the dysfunction and the financial issues that sent us there and this was in the 50s so things were Mm -hmm. real different and it's called Hope Tree now it serves a different purpose but um so, so I didn't even know him I just didn't even know him and my mom took me well she put me on a bus so I I, no, she took me there. That's what it was. I, she, she went back on a bus by herself. She was. I loved her a lot, and I loved my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever called anybody father. I haven't in my whole life until I called God father. I didn't, never called anybody daddy or father. But he ran away, and that was very sad, but I, I'm not, still not mad at him. Never have been. Not mad at my mother. I was just trying to survive. So your question about parents, I had no thoughts, except yeah. I just needed to you know, be at the place where we all eat together at time and do my work and... Memorize my scripture. Yeah. And
0: although maybe they didn't provide the nurture, maybe they didn't emulate Jesus altogether, right? In the home, however, what I would like to say is they did something really important, and they filled your heart and mind with the Word of God. Yes, indeed. Because when someone wasn't going to be there, you would always have that. Isaiah 55 tells us that His Word will not return void.
2: So that's a blessing. definitely was, but also you've got prevenient grace in there somewhere, and Mm -hmm. God was calling me, wooing me, Holy Spirit. Spirit was drawing me. I didn't know what it was at all mm-hmm. at that time, but uh, so it, it was head knowledge. Mm-hmm. Is what it was. It was head knowledge, and uh, it's my foundation. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not the biblical foundation, but it was my foundation. Mm-hmm. In the word and when you came, experience.
0: Yeah, when you came to Christ, it was there
2: mm-hmm. for you to draw on. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for all my life, it was because even though I didn't know that He died to save me or mm-hmm. how to receive Him in the right way or, or whatever that was, I know that having experienced through all of this stuff and all of my life and a uh, stepfather who was um, abusive, and they put me in a, as part of the home, it was in a foster home, it was part of the home, into a private residence for a period of time so i could experience what it meant to be in a family. Mm. The only problem with that there was a physical abuse there so <laughs> they That put wasn't me very back promising at, was it. <laughs> no, it was more survival. It mm-hmm. was just always yeah. surviving. But i'm grateful. I wouldn't trade my life for the best one that somebody else has if it meant that i don't know the lord like i know him today. I wouldn't trade it. I would do it all over if i had to. Yeah.
0: But um, that's what someone once told me, that when you can embrace where you come from, you know that you've been healed.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, It's not, I I don't live in the past. It's not, I don't talk much about it. I want to share it in case somebody that hears can realize that there's hope. Mm -hmm. There's hope. And and at the end of the road, there's hope. And there are people that will help you. And like uh, your ministry, to help you heal, to help Mm -hmm. you know a little bit about what's going on. Celebrate recovery. Yeah. Um, because I and I know that my experience in that was good. Anyway, so there I was, and then I went to Florida uh, because I, when I finally uh, was out of the children's home, um, I went back to Portsmouth with my mother, and she was back with her husband's, and he was my stepdad, and he was very abusive, physically and sexually and emotionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they sent me to Florida because my father had come back to life, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. and uh, so I went to Florida and got off a train. And met a man I didn't know, <laughs> and I was there my junior, senior high school, but it was nice that I got to see him and, and know a little bit about him, and he was a very troubled man. He was shot at a fish camp in uh, Florida. Uh, I was 18 at the time, so he died early. Mm-hmm. Uh, But anyway, so there I was and went back to Portsmouth, began my insurance career, and then started my life (laughs) my very own.
1: Judy, as you were talking, you were talking about, you know, in the Baptist home there, that you grew the children's home there, that it was kind of head knowledge. But at what part were you, and maybe it didn't happen there, maybe it happened later in life, but at what point did it become kind of, we talk about heart knowledge, or when did it become like... You sensed him drawing you to a personal relationship with him. Um,
2: I can tell you that. It was a very precious moment. When I lived in Suffolk and I was married, so I was uh, married to 29, so I was in my 30s. And I had a Chesapeake Bay Retriever and a Golden Retriever. And we lived on a rented 200-acre, virgin-acre farm with a pond and the river and all that. And I would walk my dogs every day, uh, every day, uh, and we'd go swimming in the pond, whatever. But anyhow, one morning in particular, after my husband had lost his job and he had medical problems, that weren't going to be taken care of, and by uh, insurance, uh, it was just a feeling of desperation and factor <laughs> survival. So I remember one morning I just was really despondent and took my dogs out and for our walk, and we were walking this farm. Also had soybeans and corn fields on it, and uh, I remember just being so distraught. And in the middle of a cornfield, the word had been harvested. I just remember falling on my knees just looked up (laughs) and I unloaded on the Lord. And um, it was at that time that it went from my head to my heart. Mm. And I knew he was Abba, Father Mm. to me from that point on. So what a difference. (laughs) But it it was uh, there on my knees on that ground that I felt the the love of a father. Mm. That's powerful.
0: Falling to our knees. It's an important part of
2: <laughs> surrender. Yes. yes. Yeah. And,
0: yes. Um, when you were going back into a survival mode again, you know, but that time you, you surrender. That's beautiful. Um, and in a field that had just been harvested, like, you know, Some like it, that is, that is just
2: beautiful that um, we talk about the fields are ripe for the harvest. Right. And there um. you were. You said something earlier, or one of you did about the home and having had that head knowledge, but it was on my knees in that uh, feel on the farm that all of that became real. Mm. Had I not yeah. had any of that, I don't know what that would have meant, but it was at that moment that all of it, John 3.16, oh yeah, I know what that means
1: now. So,
2: yeah, it was a big one.
1: So how did God start to change your life, or what did you see change in your life after that experience in that field that day?
2: Well, we went back into the survival thing with uh, Mike's husband trying to find work and all that, and then moved to the valley, and I had a little red Volkswagen I would drive from the county to downtown Suffolk to work, and I would listen to Donald uh, Hubbard on the radio station, and uh, I've always listened to Scripture, and I, I love Scripture. And uh, I remember just every word that he said, and after that, it uh, was a word in my heart. It was real. It was active. It was uh, it was God speaking to me. It was God working in me. And when you hear it, like even the scripture that I read earlier, uh, the one about Philippians, he's begun to work in you, and that's what he did. He began to work in me. But it was growing and growing and working and working and growing and growing. And that trip was part of it. And then my brother, I think you know, uh, my brother who was in the home with me, so he was kind of, he was like part of me. He and his wife were hit by a drunk driver, and and they died. And my niece was two at the time. And so um, I was helping to raise her. And when I was asked to move to the valley from Suffolk, and the place where my niece was, who I was helping raise, the Mm -hmm. daughter of my brother, I had to really pray about that. And I think having come to this place in my Christian world, or in my new Christian walk, I had to talk to the Lord a lot about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's important to be up there mm-hmm. because He needs to be up there, but I need to be here uh, with her. And I had been with her from two to, to however old I was when I moved here, and I had her every weekend. So, mm-hmm. uh, and she was an older child then, so it was a matter of giving up that time with her. And uh, so I quit my job. We moved to the valley. And every weekend, I didn't go back to work right away. And every weekend, I drove home to be with this child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess it was maybe three or four months before I finally realized I didn't go down there now because she needed me. I was going down there now because I needed oh, her. Yeah. So I kind of cut back on that. And then I saw her often enough, but I didn't go every week. But losing my brother was probably the biggest loss mm-hmm. of my life, I'm sure. Of my still hurt, still is. Somebody in this church said to me one time, um, and you both know him well, he said at one meeting, I think you were there that time, uh, Margaret, and he said, I'll be your brother. Mm. And I've never forgotten that. But you would ask, I think I got ahead of you when I went into the insurance industry. I just worked hard. I worked hard to... Have a profession. I worked hard because I had to earn a living, and I worked hard because I was on my own, and I was in real survival mm-hmm. to make it. So just and then one day, a, a person that lives in Broadway, Virginia, said to me after I'd moved up here and I was going through my divorce then, and she said, "Judy, life is not just about surviving." Boom. Wow. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A life, you know, somebody asked me the other day, I'm playing bridge now. It's so much. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of work because I'm learning it, and mm-hmm. there's a lot to that. But I didn't. I I remember in the home, I played bob jacks, I jumped a rope, I played pickup sticks. Mm. That was it. I don't remember like somebody would say, "Let's have fun," and I think, "What is that?" And what exactly is that? So I still to this day don't quite know. I mean, I did a lot of canoeing and backpacking and all of that kind of stuff. But it, as far as just having fun, I got, it's still <laughs> you're <I'm> learning, still, <laughs> still learning. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. God's been good and faithful. I was writing down something else, thinking about this. I I thought about, what is God, anyway, to me? And and I wrote all the words. He's he's forgiving, he's loving, he's saving, he's sovereign, he's faithful, he's a provider, he's a comforter, he's in my present, he's in my future, he's in my moment. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about all of that, and he is all of that, uh, if we'll let him be all of that. And I also thought that the reason, uh, he's our strength, but we have to know what his promises are, and we learn that from going to church, from reading scripture, from uh, spiritual people that we know that walk with us like you've walked with me, Pastor Margaret, to help us grow, but he is all of those things, and he will be all of those things if we just let him be all of those things, Yeah. yeah. and one of the key things that I thought in all of this, one of the things I thought about as far as something he's done in me just recently, and that was moved me from survival, but in order to get me from that, he had to deal with me about my, I had come to be, and not because I wanted to be, I always felt like I had to be, self-reliant, mm-hmm. self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And those two things had to kind of go by the wayside because God is my provider mm-hmm. and he, he is sufficient. Mm-hmm. He's enough. So you <clears throat> come in here. I can't remember a time that I wasn't church, except be- before I went to the home, but I was going to church, but I can't remember where. I was looking for something... Deeper. I don't even know what I mean by that, but I wanted to steal a word from somebody. I wanted to be so saturated in the word, so saturated in God. I wanted Him to be so present with me. Um, I was looking for that, and I came to this church, Mm -hmm. and I think I was here 12 years or something. But um, the day that I came, uh, Pastor Kerry Willis was preaching a sermon, and I thought, Oh man, that's the Lord's really working on me and talking to me. And then at the end of the sermon, he said. (laughs) He said to the rest of the congregation, because I was just a guest, he said, and as you all know, I start my sabbatical today. <laughs> so he was gone. He was gone forever. there six, and weeks then he was or, gone. six weeks or so. But then I had the pleasure of hearing Pastor Jim, I think, mm-hmm. right often, and um, Pastor Roger a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, I heard Pastor Carrie and said, wow, and he was gone. But I have been involved in. Women's Prayer. I've been involved in all of the different things that y'all offer to grow and, and serve and all of that. I, I think most of my Christian growth has been here mm-hmm. at this church because I have my beginning experience and I have the in between stuff. But I think when I really, when the Lord really uh, exploded in me, uh, was in this church and under Pastor Carrie uh, and under you because you were a big part of being women's ministry, of walking with me during that time. Do you think, this is something I have watched over
0: the years, sometimes people come and there's much healing that needs to happen. Would you say your time here was that? Absolutely. Like Uh. it was a time of healing. Like God was preparing you Mm -hmm. for something. You didn't have any idea, right? Mm -mm. But he was preparing you. He was healing your heart. And you were very involved. And I just think about some of the things that we did, like the Holy, um, what was it called? the holy the, hour the holy hour Ooh, Love that. there was lunchtime yeah sack lunches, sack lunches that we did there women's was prayer um, women's, women's prayer. prayer there was um, the i think about the project things. galilee yeah. you know yeah. just some places where we could be a little more real and you know have a little deeper teaching
2: i brought a picture today it's one i um cut out <laughs> it's a copy of the rembrandt prodigal son mm-hmm. But this was, and I didn't remember it until you just said it, but we had a special women's prayer one time. Mm -hmm. We uh, set up uh, different things to help you think about or reflect on the Lord. And this picture was one of them because there's so much in this picture from the loving father to the son that uh, was greedy and ran away to the one Mm -hmm. that was um, jealous and all that. And then we had two rooms set up, and there were uh, women prayer partners in a room that you could go have private prayer with. And then in the big room, we just were quiet and played reflect. And Debbie mm-hmm. Huntley was involved in. We had um, spiritual music mm-hmm. playing and quiet time, just a reflective moment, being alone with the Lord, being quiet, I mm-hmm. think, because that's what that was. We did have the music, but yeah. it, it was a quiet time of prayer, a private time of reflection. And this picture to me was from that time, mm-hmm. and I still study that. Sometimes at Lent, but that was a very precious time for me at this church. Yeah, it was from Pastor Kerry and this church, and Steve Thigpen, uh, and then Judy Lee, who was my partner or my roommate when I went to Israel. The year you went? Yeah, that's right. You're right about the healing part, deliberate recovery. When it first started, before it became a thing, part of that were things that I heard there. Sometimes you hear those kind of things if you have had dysfunction to the point of and you know, you've stuffed it so you're so far away your bag is overflowing Mm -hmm. but when you hear it spoken sometimes you run away from it and that's not what we're supposed to do and then uh, I did become involved in it a little bit in prayer and for a little while yeah just so much here so there's been a lot of healing here and you've ministered to a lot of
0: people it wasn't just one way street you ministered to a lot of people you ministered to me it takes kind of when I think back on that it's on those years of our times of prayer together, and um, it was so meaningful. And I know that, um, like God, God allows this tapestry. You know, I love the word tapestry, um, where our lives weave together. And He knows what we all need, right? And He knows the times that we need it. And those were years where it was it was a two way street, probably more than you realize.
2: Yeah, I, well, thank you for saying it. But um, I, I do know that, and, and I do miss people. I miss people a lot, um, but I one of the things, how God uses you, I, I think that um, God uses all of us as far as people that he sends our way that need a word, mm-hmm. that need a hug, yeah. that need a quiet moment. Uh, he leads them to us, and he leads us to them sometimes. So right, a big a part yeah. of that for me here, and now in this life, I haven't really settled uh, yet, but I think right now in this part of my life, it's about... Uh, being present to people who are hurting, mm-hmm. uh, being present to people who are down and out, being present to people that don't know the Lord, and being present, like with my mom, I you know, was seven years in the nursing home with her every day, With my niece Kelly, but in the body of Christ every week, there are people who need to to see you sitting somewhere. If Mm -hmm. you're one of those people that sits up front and is going to pray with folks, Mm -hmm. Uh, there are people that don't, that want a quiet prayer and God will send them to you. (laughs) Yeah, that's for Uh sure. Yeah. So we were cruising right along and we hit a pandemic. Mm -hmm. 2020, if that's what you're going to ask, Mm -hmm. 2020 was as hard a thing. As I've experienced ever, and I say ever meaning anything, but um, I remember I was on uh, line every week here, mm-hmm. listening to messages, and I, I would sign mm-hmm. in, and somebody would sign in, I'm glad you're here. I signed up for a life group, and I was in a life group group. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway it was a new life group being alone at home and not having any relatives here at all when I say the dark winter of 2020 it was truly that it was cold I'm one of those people that I would go to the grocery store once a week at senior time early in the morning and get my groceries and eat them for two or three weeks and not go out not go to a restaurant not go anywhere so it was truly a a dark a dark cold winter And when I think about it, and I I was thinking about it just a few days ago, you know, God uses everything. And even in those moments, I wouldn't want to relive them for anything, but I wouldn't want to wipe them out of my life either, because uh, sometimes we need to be quiet. Sometimes we need to be reflective. Sometimes I wouldn't call that solitude. I don't know what the word for that time would be, but, you know, God is working in it all. And sometimes, um, you know, sometimes we don't like the pain that comes from him trying to work something out of us or to show us something or to teach us something that we don't want to hear or do. But it was a hard time. And it was a hard time for a lot of people and I wanna say this, especially say this. It's all my heart it was on my heart a week ago to say this. I came to church online every week in life group. Sarah was the mm-hmm. life group leader for the online people. But it's not the same. It's not the same as being in the building, in the Mm -hmm. body, having community with your sisters and brothers in Christ. And I just want to say to anybody out there that's got real comfortable Mm -hmm. at home, real comfortable online, there's nothing wrong with that. I did it too. But I'm telling you, you're missing a blessing if you're not in the body. Mm -hmm. So um, I hope that will help you to maybe think about, reflect on, even maybe make a a movement Um, I've heard, you know, you're reading the paper. A lot of people are just kind of n- neglecting it all, but it's time for us to, um, now that things are better, mm-hmm. it's time for us to, it's not just when we go to church that we go to church to bless people. We go to church sometimes just to be a blessing, just mm-hmm. to be blessed. Mm-hmm. So there, when you don't go to church, you deprive people of that blessing of you. Right. So I would just encourage anybody that hasn't made that move yet. Mm-hmm. To really pray about it because people miss you. You know,
0: I just have a picture in my mind of when... When, you, when you're putting a puzzle together, and you get finished, and there's one missing, and it's such a frustration. Like, the puzzle isn't complete, and that's what God would say about the body of Christ, if we don't come together. Because every person has a place, yeah. right? I just, that picture came to me. Well, did want to get to the point of where you're at now in your church and the full circle. Like, I think we need to get that into today's broadcast, if you can sure. just um, share that um, um, in a
2: bit. When I just when I made the decision that I was going to go back into a building at all, mask up, I went to one about five minutes from my house, and uh, it was not to church, but it was to a women's prayer mm. meeting. And I am still involved in that women's prayer group, and it just a, a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous group of. Uh, women of God, and uh, and so I started going and attending and attending, and then, uh, so now I'm at the Harrisburg Baptist Church, and they have a Sunday school. I haven't joined one of those yet, but I'm getting to know people, and I'm praying. I'm deep in prayer, and I would ask for your, I covet your prayers, but now that I'm, because I'll be, what, 73 in May, and, and I think, Lord, what do you want to do with me? I know you're not finished with me. Or I wouldn't be here, and I'm not finished with me, so Lead me to where you want. I mean, mm-hmm. prayer is always something that I've been drawn to. But sometimes prayer, when you get older or maybe you can't get around so good, that's a prayer you can do no matter where you are mm-hmm. um, or whether you're actually with that person or not. So th- my prayer is, Lord, guide me to what you want me to do. There's so many opportunities everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to be doing whatever it is. That God wants me to do, I just want to surrender again and and, and just say, tell me, help me to know what you want me to do, what you're leading me to do.
0: And I think that at the Harrisburg Baptist Church, they support the ministry of Salem, the Salem Baptist, Salem Baptist Baptist, called Hope Distributed.
2: I don't know what their participation is Mm -hmm. in that organization, but I know it's part of the Baptist Mm -hmm. Church. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's just interesting that full circle, the full circle, the full (laughs) circle, and that's beautiful to me that God has you on a journey. Um, you're being obedient and he'll continue to show you the way and praise God. You are not in survival mode, Hallelujah. but you're yeah. resting yeah. in his right. presence and you're trusting him yeah. with the rest of your life. Yes, That'll preach.
1: <laughs> That's good. Praise well, God. Well, Judy, thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I know that it's brought hope to my life and encouragement to my life, where God brought you from to where he's brought you to and uh, just all the stuff in between. So thank you for joining us today. It's been great to have you.
2: Thank you so much, Grayson and Margaret. It's been great to be here, great to share.
1: Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Judy Stewart's testimony, that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on
2: 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.